Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talk with a Doc, the show where we bring your questions to Providence medical experts for insight and information. I'm your host, Mary Renoff, and here with me today is Nirali Manoharan, the PharmD with Facey Medical. Today, we're answering your questions about cholesterol. Remember, everyone, all of our questions come from our listeners. That's you via social media. We can be found on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook under Providence, and you can use the hashtag Talk with a Doc for a chance to hear your questions in our episodes. Before we start, I want our listeners to know that the information provided during this program is for educational purposes only. Always consult a healthcare provider if you have any questions regarding a medical condition or treatment. So let's get started by welcoming our guest today, Nirali. How are you? Hi, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming. Well, let's before we jump right into cholesterol, let's tell people a little bit about what you do here. Yeah, so I'm a pharmacist here at um, Facey Medical Group. I work specifically in diabetes, cholesterol, and blood pressure. So we see patients for that as well as anticoagulation. Oh, anticoagulation, blood clotting, blood thinning, yeah, what is that? Yeah, blood thinning. Okay, treat us <laughs> like we're stupid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, cholesterol, so uh, you work in cholesterol. What does that mean? So we essentially see patients who are at um, kind of higher risk for diabetes and blood pressure and cholesterol. If patients tend to have issues with their cholesterol medicines, we will see them one-on-one to get more information and figure out what the best treatment alternatives are for them. Okay. And I know that there are two types of cholesterol, and everybody calls them the good and the bad, but what are they really? Yeah, so there are two types of cholesterol. Basically, um, what we call them is LDL, which is the bad cholesterol, and then HDL, which is considered the good cholesterol. So the reason they're good and bad is because cholesterol has multiple functions in the body, and basically the good is helpful to kind of helping your arteries, and the bad one can clog your arteries. So um, LDL cholesterol, we tend to target lower numbers. That's the one where your doctor may tell you, oh, you have high cholesterol. That's what they're talking about. Your LDL number is bad or it's too high. And then the HDL number, we like it to be higher because it's protective and it actually cleans your arteries up. And um, we like that number to be a little bit higher. And it's bad because it clogs it because why? It's thicker, it's heavier, I don't... Yeah, it's like a different... It's actually considered... So LDL stands for low-density lipoprotein, and HDL stands for high-density lipoprotein. So the lower-density protein is actually the one that can clog up the arteries versus the high-density one is the one that's protective. So the reason it does that is... Basically, it goes into your arteries and it can create kind of like fatty plaques on your arteries, making the blood flow, it makes it harder for the blood to flow through. And that's what causes essentially in the future heart disease and heart attacks. So that's why it becomes very important. So how do we know if we're getting good cholesterol or bad cholesterol and too much or not enough? It's very hard to tell just by, you know, looking at someone. There's really no way to know. it's not on the back of my my food box, right? Yes, (laughs) exactly. So certain foods and certain diet types are helpful, and they target better cholesterol versus worse. So, for example, LDL is um, essentially found in trans fats. So we say to stay away from trans fats completely. I'm sure it's in the news a lot, too, where they kind of have been talking about how you should avoid trans fats. That's true. That is it. So one of the questions we actually got was, how do I reduce my bad cholesterol? Mm-hmm. So it, is it the eat 
eating the right foods, working out. Yeah, so it's definitely a combo of that. So the the LDL cholesterol can be lowered multiple ways. The first one, like you're talking about, is lifestyle changes. So diet and exercise play a huge component in um, cholesterol. However, sometimes people actually overestimate how much it can do. So of course, having a heart-healthy diet is one thing that will definitely help if you have high cholesterol. It also protects your heart. It protects you from diabetes. It's a good thing to do. Um, but in terms of when you do have high cholesterol, it's important to also consider medication. And so our biggest class of medication is statins, and that's used quite frequently for LD lowering LDL, and it works really well. And just to kind of put in perspective, the reason I'm saying that is because when you do lifestyle changes, for example, diet and exercise modification, it does lower your cholesterol a little bit. But if you're diagnosed with high cholesterol, it's really important that we, you know, treat it as what it is, which is a disease, and we need to treat it with medicine as well. Are there certain types of people or ages or what, what, what do you generally see when you see people with high cholesterol? Or is it just across the board? Yeah, so usually as you age, your cholesterol kind of comes with you, so it can get higher, but that doesn't mean that younger people don't have cholesterol problems, especially um, certain families will have um, family members who get heart attacks when they're younger. Those people, if they know that they have a family history like this, should be considering, you know, getting their cholesterol checked, starting a heart healthy diet and exercise plan earlier. And this is like in even the American Heart Association guidelines that even children and teenagers now should be tested or at wow. least, you know, if they have a strong family history where they have relatives who have had heart problems. And what does yeah. the test consist of? The test is just a blood test. It's um, basically, yeah, like a normal blood test. Usually we get them done at our annual wellness visits. So nothing out of the ordinary, really. It's just, yeah, simple. Um, well, it feels like we're seeing an increase in high cholesterol across the U.S. and actually around the world for the most part. But what? talk to me locally. What's causing that? Yeah, it's interesting because um, the cause could be like diet exercise, but at the same time, just thinking about it broadly, heart disease is still the number one killer in the U.S. It passes accidents, passes cancer. So thinking about that, um, it is a big problem in the U.S. And it a lot of actually a big issue can also be that people are scared of medication. So we get a lot of patients in our clinics who have read or heard from others that statin medicines are going to do terrible things to them. And that's actually really sad for us to hear because we're trying to help prevent heart attacks. Right. We know heart disease is the number one killer. And um, there's just a lot of bad press about how statins work. So. Are there side effects or are there, you know, issues with taking it long term? Yeah, so there are side effects, as with any other medicine. With statins, what we see and what a lot of people are scared about is actually the muscle pain. So oh, that's okay. one of the known side effects of a statin. However, um, when I read the news, it also sounds like me to that it's a very high rate, but actually it's less than 10% of people on a statin oh, wow. will experience the muscle pain. And additionally, out of that 10%, most of it is reversible, which means that it's not permanent. So if you stop the statin, the pain would go away. 
And um, that being said, not all statins are created equal, meaning if one doesn't work, another one can easily solve the problem. So like an antibiotic, you might be allergic to one or you might have a bad reaction, but there's a series of others you can take. Absolutely. So just, you know, trying one, having some muscle pain doesn't mean you can't try another one. Actually, from since I'm a pharmacist, from that perspective of how the drug actually works in the body, it each one works a little differently. So we can kind of sometimes find that just like each person is a little bit different, each person requires a different statin with a different dose to get the protection they need. So you're a pharmacist, Mm -hmm. but you're not working behind the counter. You're actually working with patients. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So um, basically within California, we do have uh, advanced practice pharmacist license. So what happens with that is I have more training, meaning residency, and then an advanced board certification, which was a lot of testing. (laughs) And um, after that, we can essentially practice almost like primary care. So we get to see patients who are really not doing well on their current diabetes, cholesterol, blood pressure medicines, and um, get referrals, essentially, through Facey Medical Group, where these patients who are uncontrolled can... Um, get more help with their medications because, as we know, a big reason people don't take medications is side effects. So mm-hmm. that's something that, of course, I'm very skilled at. All pharmacists are very skilled at understanding how each medication works in the body, and we can try to find a plan that works for the patient. It sounds to me like education is really kind of important for what you're talking about because you're mm-hmm. saying people are afraid to, to take them or even get on them, but then there are people who are not using them the right way or have the side effects and aren't necessarily handling it. So how do you work with education when it comes to cholesterol? Is it trying to educate before you need medication or is it trying to educate once you're on medication or is it both? It's a little bit of both because usually, like we talked about, um, medications can be you know scary for people. And so we can't really catch cholesterol until we see a you know lab test so usually we can't say oh you're having symptoms let me kind of educate you so we wait till the lab test but then usually once we see a higher ldl level what i try to do is educate the patient on statin medicines and then also get their viewpoint back on what they've heard and what they what they feel about it and it's important to realize that like you know for me i have a lot of information but as a patient they may not have a lot of information except for what's out there from their family and friends and from the media so definitely trying to educate on what the data shows what the research shows and go into as much detail or not as much detail as a patient wants but yeah definitely education is a big component Mm -hmm. yeah well, I know um, Jay Leno, comedian, um, actually partnered with another health system to talk about cholesterol management. And he said, um, you know, I have high cholesterol and thankfully I'm able to control it with the help of my doctor. But a lot of my friends and connections uh, are having heart attacks and strokes. And he basically did this partnership because he said he wanted to encourage people to really understand cholesterol and the impact it had on them and, and prevent heart attack and stroke. Do you think people like him and other celebrities are really helpful in building this awareness? Or do you think that it's maybe just another shot in the dark. I absolutely think that it's important for everybody be, to be educated. So regardless of it being, you know, um, like a celebrity or a regular person, if they're giving the correct information, that's what's important. So I'm happy to hear when celebrities are giving appropriate information and kind of partnering with different sources to get it. And um, yeah, it's always nice to see if we can all work on it together because in the end, it's everyone has the same goal of trying to 
lower this, you know, heart disease in the Absolutely. U.S. What are kind of the best ways to lower your risks? Is it always going to be healthy diet, that sort of thing? Yes. So the other risk factors that go along with heart disease will be diabetes, smoking, weight. Um, so high weight can also be an issue. So essentially it's always going to be a combination of lifestyle changes and when we say lifestyle that of course will include if you smoke then you should probably stop and um, if you are overweight to kind of work on the weight eating a balanced diet exercising wait are there specific exercises that can help for heart health well yes kind of okay so essentially what i was trying to say is that there's basically different types of exercise do different things so the kind of golden number that they've found through all this research is 150 minutes of moderate intensity exercise per week. So that can be broken up into, let's say, 30 minutes five times a week, or even, you know, you can change it, adjust it per your schedule. But you want to get at least a little bit of cardio in there, which includes running, swimming, all of those type of exercises. But you also want to try to incorporate at least two strength training sessions Ah, in. So a little bit of weight exercise as well. So interestingly, that combination is really nice and really helpful. Uh, There's even, if you continue to read about exercise, it's interesting because you want those two strength sessions to be separated by a few days. So you don't want to do them back to back. You get the most benefit if you were to do one in the middle of the week and another one kind of later in the week. So that's um, with exercise, though, for almost everything, 150 minutes um, per week is really the golden number for a lot of heart health and diabetes even. Oh, sure. Absolutely. It's amazing. Well, This is fascinating, and I could ask you a million questions, and I have so many more, but we have to take a quick break. But when we come back, we will continue talking about cholesterol.
We're back on Talk with the Doc with our guest, Nirali, and we are talking about cholesterol. So right before the break, we were talking about exercise and food and all of that. And I feel like there's a lot of fad diets or just diets in general that people are on. We hear a lot about like keto and is that increasing cholesterol or not? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so actually that's an interesting question because definitely people are going, (laughs) everyone has a different diet, I should say. So we don't actually know about keto diet and what the long-term effects are and how it affects your cholesterol panel. There have been reports that people have higher cholesterol levels once they use this diet because of course they're ingesting a lot more fat sometimes. Now, um, the diet that we know and has been studied to lower cholesterol is actually the DASH diet and also the Mediterranean diet. Now, these are diets that are rich in fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, they're lower in saturated fat and fried foods. So essentially, um, you're looking at more of that Mediterranean style of eating. And so those are known to help prevent heart disease. Um, well, what are sources of good cholesterol? Sources of good cholesterol are walnuts or any type of nuts like that, um, salmon, avocados. These are good fats. So essentially what we ask people to do is take the fatty food that they're eating, like saturated fat, French fries or high high fat foods like that, and switch them out for foods like avocados, nuts, salmon. These are really nice because they help with your cholesterol panel. They may even have some impact on the HDL, that good cholesterol, and um, will help in turn lower your LDL because you're cutting out all of that saturated fat as well. So once I have high cholesterol, I can reverse it, yes? No, she's thinking about it. (laughs) Yes, well, so it's tricky to say reverse because sometimes when we say reverse people think cure Mm, and that's not actually what happens so once you have high cholesterol you definitely can lower it which means that your arteries will be less clogged in in essence in the easy way to say it and that of course will prevent heart disease so yes in a way it's reversible because with a combination of diet and exercise and medicine your ldl level will go down and you will be in better shape so yes but the damage is already done for the most part no it's not okay. exactly that the damage is done it's definitely reversible in that sense where if you have a high ldl cholesterol and you do something about it it's going to benefit you and it's not that you know once you have it you have it and you're going yeah. to get heart disease no yeah so it's definitely reversible in that sense that but once I go on a medication, I can come off of the medication, yes? Correct, okay. yeah. So if you go on a medication, then yes, we can take you off of it. If you had side effects or something happened, um, we would take you off of the medicine. There's no really side effects or adverse effects from stopping the medication right away. But otherwise, the data for all of these medications comes from very long trials. So they're years in length. And that means that we like to keep people on them because we know the protective effect happens after taking this medication for a course of years. Yeah. Are there, you're a pharmacist, so I feel Mm -hmm. like I can ask you this. Are there certain either um, other conditions or other medications that you can't take with high cholesterol medication? Yeah, so usually we say things like grapefruit juice, you can't. Um, There's some medications, prescription medications, that we would have to think about adjusting the doses for. So there are definitely reasons why you would, you know, you would have to talk to your doctor before starting it because it's part of a whole um, looking at your entire picture and what else you're taking, we would look at that and decide. What about supplements? 
Yes, there are supplements that interact. Um, in terms of just certain ones, I wouldn't be able to tell you. There's a huge list. I'm sure. <laughs> I can't, you're not so, Rayman. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, but it's really also important to know that supplements interact quite often with prescription medications and people generally feel that herbs and supplements are natural so they're okay to kind of add in without talking to anyone about but realistically it could cause a negative issue with your medications it can cause things to not work properly so anytime anyone's taking a supplement we always recommend and i always tell them in the first visit with me please let me know whatever you start any supplements any herbal products oils anything yeah if i'm in if i'm uh, taking a cholesterol medication and i'm at right aid and, and i want to take a supplement can i go ask the pharmacist will they be able to help me yes and that's absolutely something i always recommend so yes we all have access to all these databases so even something obscure if i don't know about the supplement myself then i can definitely consult and figure out what the right answer is and same with the pharmacists at any of our local pharmacies yeah they can do the same all right well one of the questions we got was can i take a uh, cholesterol medication if i'm pregnant You'd have to talk to your doctor. Yeah. yeah. It's not something that we usually recommend. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, is high cholesterol hereditary is another question that we got. And I think we've kind of talked about that, but. Yeah. So it can be. Um, high cholesterol can definitely be hereditary. It is actually, there's actually a whole entire new focus on that as well, because for some people, cholesterol can continue to increase um, even with diet and lifestyle changes. And at that mm. point, we look at hereditary reasons as kind of the reason why that could happen. What do you do at that point if it's continuing to get higher and you're not able to reduce it? So we have to consider a newer class of medications. Oh, okay. So there is one that now exists um, to help with that. And so that's great for the people who do have a very strong family history. Uh, they can definitely have access to that medication. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, another question we got was, you kind of mentioned it, but are there symptoms of high cholesterol or do I just have to get my blood screening to know? There are no real symptoms of high cholesterol. Of course, high cholesterol leads to heart disease and a risk of heart attack. So heart attack symptoms are definitely a red flag. Any chest pain, any shortness of breath, this needs to be checked out right away. It's not something to wait on. But just high cholesterol on its own, no, there aren't really any symptoms to look for. So what you would have to do is follow up with the doctor, make sure you're going in for your annual checkups. And um, through that, we would catch it in the lab. Are, are high blood pressure and high cholesterol usually related or not? They can be. So high cholesterol and high blood pressure together um, obviously increases the risk of heart disease quite a bit. Now, it's not to say that one causes the other or anything like that, but they, we typically, when we do see a person with high cholesterol, we can see a hot increase in blood pressure as well. Yeah. Um. Are there alternative treatments outside of pharmaceuticals for high cholesterol? And I know you've talked a little bit about diet and exercise, but mm -hmm. anything else? Not really. Nothing that actually has good information or good data on it. So that's why we do get a lot of patients with supplements who will mm -hmm. say, oh, but I heard this will lower my <laughs> cholesterol. But in reality, we can't be sure that it's actually doing that. And a lot of times we just don't know how it's actually impacting the medications that we have on board that we have data for so we get a little bit wary about the claims that sure <laughs> that are made about that yeah 
Once you decide to go on a medication, how do you know how much? Is there like a, an onboarding time with dosage? Does it change over time? Yeah, so with that one, um, with medications, they're very, very specific and individualized, in my opinion. So usually people don't see it that way. They think, oh, I'm, I have to just start taking XYZ cholesterol medication at a certain dose and that's it forever. But in reality, people feel differently on different medications. So someone may have nausea on one, but not nausea on the other. So definitely starting a little bit low on the dose and then going up is a strategy that we use in our clinics. And we try to find a medication that fits the person. So we'll get only one started, like one at a time, and then see how you're feeling on it. And then if you're feeling okay, increase the dose. Sometimes the dose increase isn't great. It makes you feel worse, so we go back down. It's really an individualized process on uh, medication. I think moving forward, we'll also, even as a society, start looking at medications that way as well. Are they all oral medications at this point? Yes, so the most common class of medications, yes, it will be all oral. It's um, statin medicines is the name. It's the statin class of medicines. But there are the newer ones, like we talked briefly about family history of mm -hmm. cholesterol. Now those medicines are injectables. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So. And how long have those been around? I want to say about five to ten years. Okay. So not very long, but still doing good things for people. That's great. Well, yeah. advancements, right? If we don't have advancements, yeah. Right, exactly. So if you are testing the dosage and you're trying to make sure it's working, how are you assessing whether it's working? Is it just blood work and how frequently is that? Yeah, that's a good question. So definitely we can't assess by just looking at the person, right. like we said. So we have to do another follow-up blood test. So usually we do it about six to eight weeks after we start you on a medication. We would repeat the same blood work. Um, each type of medication has a different percentage reduction. So that's the interesting part is we can judge if somebody's taking a medication or not <laughs> based mm. on what we see in their lab values. Of course, everyone responds a little differently, but we can pretty much tell if adherence is an issue as well at that point. <laughs> If I was uh, having high cholesterol and I was on medication and I lost a significant amount of weight, would that change my prognosis? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, losing weight is absolutely helpful. It can even lower your LDL cholesterol. So that is one thing that is definitely recommended as part of the lifestyle package bundle <laughs> is <laughs> diet, exercise, and weight loss if indicated. So yes, absolutely. Weight loss has a very beneficial effect on health. Yeah. yeah. Well, you mentioned the press earlier and you've talked about statin and we do hear a lot about it. So I know that you mentioned that a lot of patients are wanting to stop their medication. What are you telling them and how are you working through them with it? And, and also it's great that you and your role exists because not everybody has access to that. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I feel I definitely feel very lucky to have my role because I get to hear about what, you know, patients feel and the kind of barriers to why people don't take medications, which I think is special because each person is a little bit different. Um, usually what I try to focus on is how the patient kind of feels individually. Um, on the medication, what kind of barriers they have themselves, what they've heard. Um, it's important to remember that everybody feels a little bit differently, so I definitely try to target it as an individual. 
Um, I do try to provide as much data as possible because as as me being a pharmacist, my job is to educate the public on medications to help them understand risk versus benefit. And so with this medicine, if we're saying this is a medicine that can prevent heart attacks, the leading cause of death in the U.S., um, versus the side effects when we lay them all out. Oh, you know, people may say muscle aches. Um, there's even some reports of memory loss that have come out, but it's not permanent, and the memory returns to the few people that it has happened to out of the millions that take this medicine. So just thinking of it that way, it's always presenting it as a risk versus benefit. So that's really important to understand from both sides um, as a patient and as a provider to make sure that we are doing this justice, you know, and we're not giving a medication because of certain ideas or issues that patients may have read somewhere or heard. Why do you think there's getting so much media attention about it, though? Because it doesn't sound like it's a massive number of people. Yeah. So uh, my theory for this is that um, the media likes to create stories that appeal what? to a lot of people. No, no, no <laughs> such thing. So because um, millions of people are on stands, it's actually one of the most popular class of medications, cholesterol medications, um, in the U.S. So if those are our top mm-hmm. used yeah. medications, you definitely know somebody who's on a cholesterol medicine. It's definitely a story that you're interested in reading. And so taking these case reports and kind of publishing them it's a little bit scary for us too because you know as we see all of the data Mm -hmm. so we'll see all of the long-term studies and we'll see all of the case reports versus taking one and then publishing it and knowing that there's a million other people who benefited and didn't get a heart attack it really is um, kind of sad in a way for us it's very true I think we see that with so many things you see one or two cases and it becomes national news but the number of people who benefited from something far outweighs that Mm -hmm. absolutely and for some reason the negative press is always more juicy oh sure I like that you said published and not sensationalized so very (laughs) very nicely done on your part very politically correct yeah (laughs) well um, let's go back to a really basic question how often should I get my cholesterol checked should be every year so every year at the annual visit, they'll likely do a cholesterol panel. Let's push that again. We all need to get our annual wellness visit, right? We should have a primary care physician. We should go in at least once a year. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So once a year. <laughs> and do I need to know anything? Like if I'm going into my annual exam, I probably should I fast so that my blood work is more accurate? I don't know. So that will actually be up to the physician because it will be based on your last result. So the first one doesn't have to be fasting. But if we do find kind of uh, anomalies in something called a triglyceride, Mm -hmm. where your triglyceride levels are high, we may have you repeat with a fasting. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think we're almost out of time. So I'm going to ask you, what's the one takeaway you want our listeners to know when it comes to the topic of cholesterol? Yeah, I just want people to know that they shouldn't think that it's a failure on their part if their diet or exercise regimen is not getting them to their cholesterol goals. Really, medication is a big part of this. It's, you know, part of cholesterol management, and it's just like any other disease, a disease of the heart, and we need to use the right tools to prevent it. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time and for this great information. Everybody for listening and sending in your questions. Um, thank you for for all of this. I mean, it was just super helpful. So um, anyone who wants to follow the Facey Doctors can find them on Twitter at Facey Medical and on Facebook under Facey Medical Group. We look forward to future topics with more experts from Facey and Providence. Make sure to follow us on social media at Providence on Twitter, Instagram, and on Facebook. And to learn more about our mission programs and services, visit future.pshahealth.org. Thanks for listening. Thank you.